Well, the first reading, um, you know, I, I think we know the context, right? The, the, the Jews have been, you know, set free from their slavery in Egypt and they're wandering in the desert. And, um, you know, the desert is also called the wilderness. And in biblical terms, the wilderness sort of stands for that place where God does not dwell or that place where, you know, God's power has not tamed. It's, it's the place of the devil, really, which anybody who's driven 124 north of Ash Fork to Williams trying to get to mass on time like I did last week, you know, knows, knows what that means, right? Well, so this is why Jesus goes out into the desert. And he's temp- where, well, he, he goes out where the devil is, right? Because that's where God is not. It's the wilderness. It's the place that is untamed. And so the Jews are out wandering in the desert. And very quickly, now remember, they were just in slavery. But now they're hungry. And what do people do when they're hungry? They begin to complain and begin to grumble. And so right away, they're hungry, they begin to grumble, and they say, boy, we wish we were in slavery. We'd rather go back to slavery than be hungry, which says something about the human person. Poor Moses, right? Poor Moses, uh, time and time again, has to go to God and say, why did you give me these people? Why did you give me these people to lead? So he goes to God, and he says, you know, help me out, bail me out. You gave me these people, you know, give me some food for these people. So of course, God blesses his people with food. And, and very famously, there's, you know, they wake up every morning and they have this manna to eat, this bread from heaven that God gives them. It's miraculous. Every morning, over and over, they get this bread to eat. So that it's a sign, it's not, a, not just a sign, but it's a reality. Of God's, of God's love for them, of how God continues to take care of them day after day after day. Now, the reason this reading is put here, this Old Testament reading, and we've been talking about this subsequently, right, over the weeks, is because of its relationship to the gospel. And all through August, we're going to talk about the Bread of Life discourse. We're going to hear about this entire chapter 6 from the Gospel of John. And the manna from heaven is, is, of course, crucial in understanding this gospel. So remember last week, what happened? Remember last week, Jesus fed the, the 5,000 men, not counting women and children, right? So there were thousands more than, than even the 5,000. He's got five loaves and two fish, and he feeds this great multitude of people. This incredible reality, this incredible miracle, this incredible sign of God's love, they're all fed. And then remember we heard that they, they had 12 wicker baskets full of the leftovers. So bountiful was God's love and so bountiful was the miracle that there was, there was you know, more than enough leftover. That they, they gathered all this up. And then, and then we heard that at the very end, Jesus says, or he knows, that they're going to they're, they're gonna want to make him king. Because if, if you have a, somebody who can feed all of these people, they're going to make you king very quickly. So off he goes. He gets out of there. And then we pick up from that. The people wonder where he went. Where did our bread king go? 
That's where uh, uh, there's a chapter in uh, a book that Archbishop Fulton Sheen writes about this. And he, he notes that Jesus refuses to be a bread king, you know, that he, he refuses to take the mantle of, of, of being a king just as one who produces bread. So the people follow him and they say, where'd you go? You know, we, we want more bread. And, and the Lord knows exactly why they're following him. You're not following me because of the miracle I performed or the sign that you saw. You're following me because your bellies are full. You're following me because you want more food. And you think that if you, ta if you tag along, you know, the, f the food train is not going to run out. That's the only reason you're following me. Because of what you're getting out of it. Right? Because you're receiving. In other words, they, they see Jesus as mere utility, right? What they can get out of him. Which is sometimes how people actually have their relationship with God. Right? Their relationship with God is merely kind of focused on what they can get out of God. It is a step in the journey. It's a very initial step. So the Lord says, look, you're only following me for that. You should, in fact, be asking for bread that lasts unto eternal life. And so they say, well, that's fantastic. Bread that never runs out. That is truly wonder bread. We would love to have that kind of bread. They still don't get it. They still don't get it. Right? And he says, well, look. Look. You, you, should, you should seek to accomplish the works of God. Well, what, what can we do to accomplish the works? Well, you've got to believe in the one whom he sent. In other words, the Lord is saying very clearly, believe in me. And so then they say this incredible line. See if you can, see if you can figure out the irony of this. They say this incredible line. What can you do? What can, no, that, that wasn't it, sorry. They say, what sign can you do that we may see and believe in you? Do you get why that's somewhat ironic? They were just, they were just over there before they crossed on the boat, and he fed the 5,000 men, not counting women and children, from five loaves and two fish. That was a pretty amazing sign. And now they're over here, and they're saying, well, what can you do to show us that we should believe in you? Perform another sign. Can you imagine Jesus' internal dialogue, he must be thinking, you guys are idiots. <laughs> I mean, you know, Jesus didn't sin, but he had human emotions. Let's not make him without human emotions. I mean, he must be, maybe he didn't say idiots. Okay, he's probably, he's better than us. So he probably said, you guys are knuckleheads or something like that. But, you know, he said something like that. He had to, he had to be thinking it. You know, I just fed 5,000, 10,000 of you. You want another sign. But of course people do. Because this is another stage, right, in the faith journey. Sometimes people just want more signs. People live for miracles. They go from miracle to miracle to miracle. One fantastic event to the other, you know, to, to seek to sustain their, sustain their faith life. And it doesn't work. Because a faith life based on the fantastic never sustains. Just like a faith life that's based upon sort of high energy emotion never sustains because, boy, that's impossible. That's like trying to, to sustain our faith life on, on some sort of 
some sort of drug, you know, uh, emotion as a drug. So what, what can you do that we might believe in you? And they say, well, and they refer to Moses. They say, Moses gave our ancestors manna in the desert. Since we're talking about bread, Moses gave us manna. Our ancestors, day after day, the manna came. Moses did that, what can you do? And the Lord corrects them. And he says, Moses didn't do that. Moses didn't do that. Moses asked, God did that. God sent the bread from heaven. God sent the bread from heaven. And the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus, of course, is now talking about himself. That which comes down from heaven, who is that? Jesus himself, who has come down from heaven, God made man, and gives life to the world. And so now their hearts, you know, their hearts are beginning to change. Now they're, they're starting to recognize that, that what Jesus is going to offer them is different than just this physical bread. But this life that they so much desire and long for. This God who is going to give them life. And so their hearts long for this. They thirst for this. So they say, sir, give us this bread always. And then here's the line that opens up John chapter 6 in the teaching of the Eucharist. This is the line that cracks it open for us. And Jesus says this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. I am the bread of life. The bread of life is not some physical substance over here or over there. The bread of life is God himself. The bread of life is a person. The bread of life is made manifest in Jesus Christ. And whoever has Jesus Christ will never hunger or thirst. Despite all of the wanderings in the desert and the wilderness, despite all of the, the sufferings and the adversity and the pain and the, all of it, they will have life within them because they will have Jesus Christ within them. This is the line that leads to all of the other things we will hear in John chapter 6. Jesus is the bread of life. And brothers and sisters, when we wander in the wilderness out there, you know, society often looks like the place God has not touched. It used to look like a place God touched, and it, it looks more and more like the place God has deserted. It looks more and more like the place that the devil dwells. And so we need something to sustain us. We need someone to sustain us. If ever there was a time, to go to Mass every Sunday. If ever there was a time to receive the Holy Eucharist as frequently as we can, it is now. For we need this bread always. Please stand.